This is Closer Look. I'm Rafael Sierra, here with Derek Longmire from the Problem Gambling Network of Ohio. We know that just based on our national studies, that 1% to 2% of the nation would meet the diagnostic criteria for a gambling disorder, which is essentially a gambling addiction. And uh, that's something that many people aren't aware of. Many times when we think of problem gamblers, our minds take us to um, things that may have been 30, 40, 50 years ago and not really understand what gambling looks like today. And as being as simple as something that you could play on your phone right in front of your family and they would never know that you're gambling. So we want to make sure that um, folks understand that there is a diagnosable condition that is gambling disorder and that there's help and hope for those that are impacted by it so we can get them the resources they need. So, Derek, what do you think the best approach to tackle gambling addiction in your community is? We look at it as a kind of a three-pronged approach. The first is really engaging the community about the impact of gambling. And we have our resource, BeforeYouBet.org. The campaign is, if you gamble, get set before you bet. Uh, So it's really geared for those who are gambling. And again, that website is BeforeYouBet.org. And that website has tips to minimize the impact of gambling because we know if you're gambling, uh, regardless of how much you're gambling, there is a level of risk there. Raising awareness is certainly a piece of that. And I think it can be raising awareness for the individual, but also being able to raise awareness for those loved ones. Because many times the loved ones are completely caught off guard. The car is repossessed. That's when some of these things come to light. So really um, helping the community members, the loved ones understand what the impact of gambling on them can be. Even if they don't gamble, that doesn't mean that they're not impacted. The second piece is really engaging professionals in the helping community, whether that be prevention, treatment, or recovery advocates to really understand the nuances of gambling. So if you're licensed as a chemical dependency professional or a social worker, that does not necessarily mean that gambling is included in your scope of practice. So we provide training for um, those professionals to make sure that they really understand what disordered gambling is and to how to, how to provide the most help. And then the final thing that we do is work closely with operators and regulators. So often the operators, those who are um, selling that lottery ticket or who are working at that casino can be those first responders to help identify problems. And if we wait and the problem festers until they call us, that is way too late and way too down the, far down the road. So we want to engage uh, those operators and regulators early on so we can put in some um, guardrails to get help to those who will need it sooner than later. What can someone do right now to start making a difference and curb gambling addiction? Be aware. Listen to loved ones. And if they seem to be spending more money than they, they're able to or they're preoccupied with gambling, that's all that they can talk about. Um, they're having unexplained uh, financial issues. Those are all warning signs and things to be concerned with. If you live in the household with that loved one and you have shared finances, know where your money's at and where it's going uh, because that just helps prepare you and can get them help um, sooner than later. And then finally, it's important to, if you've got questions, if you need help, to call the National Problem Gambling Helpline. And that number is 800-522-4700. So is gambling ever okay, or do you think people should just stay away from it? So we don't say yay or nay. What we do say is if you choose to gamble, that there's some level of risk for developing problems. And that could be problems with relationships, could be problems with finances, problems with your employer. As we look at gambling and its impact, um, unfortunately, 
gambling has the highest link to suicide than any other addiction. So it's important to make folks aware that help is available, hope is available, people can recover and their lives can be made better. My special thanks to Derek Longmire from the Problem Gambling Network of Ohio. Derek, thank you so much for joining us today on Closer Look. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. This is Closer Look. I'm Rafael Sierra here with Keith White talking to us about the National Council on Problem Gambling. One of our most important messages is that we want to reduce the shame and stigma of a gambling addiction. So many people who start to develop a gambling problem feel like they will be judged if they uh, seek help. You know, they feel like they're not going to be well understood in, in their community, by their pastor, by their by their friends, family, or loved ones. And so we want to create that sort of understanding and awareness, uh, like most Americans now have, for someone who may have a drinking problem. You know, there's enormous sympathy uh, for them, while there's still enormous stigma for someone who may have a gambling problem. And that's our biggest message, is if we can change that stigma and help anyone who may have a problem, uh, take those first steps to getting help. How is gambling addiction similar or different uh, from other addictions like alcohol, drugs, or, or even binge eating? One of the big differences is that there is no physical substance involved with gambling addiction. And so a lot of people misunderstand or, or don't understand gambling as an addiction because they, they see things like substance abuse as uh, as is the substance being the addictive thing. Of course, we know it, it can be, the behavior can be addictive as well. And you can certainly look in the brains of problem gamblers and they look identical to the brains of people with uh, substance use problems. The same centers are deadened and the same centers are, are activated. So addiction is really a, you know, a biological construct as well as a behavioral construct. I, I think the other big difference between substance abuse and, and gambling addiction is that there is a physical test for substance abuse. You know, you can tell if someone is still using uh, cocaine or alcohol. With gamblers, you don't have that physical test, so it's tough to see if someone has actually stopped. It contributes to the stigma and misunderstanding of gambling addiction, and it makes it very hard. Which goes to my next question. Well, how then do you diagnose a problem gambling addiction? The American Psychiatric Association, uh, they have been tracking uh, gambling addiction since 1980. So we've got a very robust body of evidence we can back that up with a lot of neuroscience. You know, there, there are genetic and other factors that are very well understood to contribute to this, uh, to this disorder. But when it comes to gambling addiction, now we're not just talking about the dollars here, uh, but also how it impacts your life. Yeah, you can measure gambling addiction in terms of, of the financial losses, but it's, it's probably more important and impactful to talk about the damage that uh, one person with an addiction can do to themselves as well as their family, friends, and community. So you can look at things like uh, a very high rate of suicide. Roughly 20% of people with severe gambling problems report having made a lethal attempt in the past year, and another 50% have considered uh, or had suicidal uh, thoughts. So you know, right there, suicide is, is, a, is a tragic uh, and, and the ultimate consequence. So yes, it's not just dollars and cents. Obviously, people with gambling problems tend to lose an enormous amount of money. Um, our Wisconsin chapter uh, annually surveys the people who call their helpline and they find consistently gambling debt, gambling debts of helpline callers to be twice that of their average annual income. So the financial costs can be enormous, but the, the health costs and the social costs can be even, even bigger. Uh, can you please give us more examples on how damaging this could be for the person and, and for their family? We often call problem gambling the hidden addiction 
because unlike other addictions, you may not know that someone in your family uh, has a gambling problem until it's far too late uh, because there are no, as we discussed, outward physical signs of, of the addiction. You can't smell it on someone's breath. You can't see you know, dice marks in someone's arm, if you will. Uh, so someone in your household uh, may be gambling problematically and you have no idea because they're at their work. They, they talk to their bookie on their cell phone. They may divert the mail, you know, containing, you know, uh, second and third and fourth and fifth mortgages they've filled out in your name. And until the house of cards comes crashing down, um, a gambling problem can, can fester in secret. And how about problems at work? What have you seen? Beyond poor performance and absenteeism among the, the gambler, Roughly 70%, 70% of people with gambling problems, uh, with severe gambling problems, I'm sorry, uh, roughly 70% of people with severe gambling problems report committing a white-collar crime to finance their gambling. And most of that crime is, of course, directed against their employers. Um, theft, fraud, embezzlement, um, you know, forgery, things of that nature. People with gambling problems report, they, they, they honestly told themselves they were just borrowing the money and that they really intended to pay it back after they won, often people get themselves so in, in deep into debt that they, uh, they forget that repayment part. This is Closer Look. I'm Rafael Sierra, here with Keith White, telling us all about the National Council on Problem Gambling. So Keith, how does one even begin to realize that one may even have a gambling problem? I think that's a great question, Rafael. And one of the things that we often uh, recommend is that people take a self-test just to, just to see where they are. And so that self-test, you can ask yourself uh, and answer honestly questions like, is gambling causing harm in my relationships? Am I lying to loved ones about the amount or the um, you know, time I'm spending gambling? You know, are you able to tell someone, hey, I'm going down to the track for an hour versus lying to them about where you're going? You know, am I able to set and stick to limits of time and money spent gambling? Are you gambling because you're having fun or are you gambling because you feel like you have to? Um, you know, because most people who gamble do so recreationally, but it's when you start to chase your losses, lie to others about, about your gambling, those are very, very good early warning signs of gambling problem. And once you realize you may have a gambling addiction problem, what does help look like? The great news is that there's hope and help available. There are educational programs to try and help people moderate their gambling. So for some, uh, you know, a self-help group, a uh, spiritually-based self-help group like Gamblers Anonymous uh, may be a great path. And those who truly want to um, accept that character and embrace that character change. Um, you know, for some people, it's, it's a self-help workbook. The, the perceived anonymity of the internet you know, allows them to uh, journal and share and, uh, and, and do the kinds of exercises uh, that they need to help them understand why they gamble and, and why they gamble problematically and then how they can uh, sort of reframe their, um, their, their engagement with gambling to, to reduce the harm. And then there are uh, counselors uh, and psychiatrists and psychologists who specialize in treating addiction. And in, in both cases, whether through self-help or through counseling, you hopefully can understand uh, the roots uh, of, of your gambling addiction. Uh, but the good news is all those services, no matter what services you engage with or when, uh, roughly two-thirds of people who commit to trying to stop their gambling are able to do so and stop gambling um, and, and get into what we would call good, good recovery. So the success rate is, is, uh, is very, very high for those who really want to engage 
Um, most people who do seriously engage are able to get the help they need. What can someone do right now to start making a difference, uh, whether it be for themselves, uh, people that they know here in the community, to, to curb gambling addiction? Well, two things. So you can call our helpline, 800-522-4700. You can call, text, or chat to that number any, anywhere, anytime, 24 hours a day at 1-800-522-4700. It's a toll-free, anonymous, and confidential call. And the people on that line can help you um, get to the resources you need. You can also go to our website at ncpgambling.org, ncpgambling.org. And there's a whole list of resources, self-help books, materials, flyers, worksheets, links to other websites. It's sort of a one-stop shopping for someone who's interested in learning more about how to uh, address a gambling issue for themselves or for uh, a loved one. 